Defenders, and welcome to episode 141 of the most LAFC podcast in the preseason. (laughs) We are Defenders of the Bank, now heard in 81 countries around the world. This is episode 141, Revolution Redo Review, (laughs) and we are recording live from beautiful Burbank, California, we are indeed in world-famous Philomonster Studios, and of course you know my voice, I am the Scarf, J.R. Liebert, the mouth of the South Bay, and sitting a socially distant six feet to my left, he is the, I'll I'll use the one he likes right now, the toast of the East Coast, (laughs) Christian Philly Philemon. Man, you stole the thunder from me. I don't even know how to introduce myself because, oh wait, the self-proclaimed beast from the East yet is I, (laughs) and you would have heard the words Revolution Redo Review, and you're asking yourselves, why a redo? Well, because we made an attempt, we'll call it a pump fake, on Saturday this past (laughs) evening, but your boy Philly here was so excited being back at the bank that he allowed himself to go into autopilot, and when Philly goes into autopilot, bad things happen. So you'll probably be hearing this episode on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. We apologize for not having it out on a Sunday or a Monday. My bad. You know, here's the thing. While while he did definitely, you know, we talk about having to keep Philly on the rails every now and then, and Philly says, and he actually said on the version that we scrapped of this podcast that there was no keeping him on the rails. You can only hope to contain him. <laughs> but I will say this. Yeah, he ended that. his night. He he has a he brought out his his beer bong, which for all of you kids listening, you can ask your parents what those are. And he put a topo chico into the beer bong. He ended his night beer bonging a topo chico. So <laughs> it didn't it didn't go all badly for Philly. At least he was hydrating with a little bit of sodium right there at the end. So oh, it saved me the next day, dude. I think <laughs> I, I did more than one bottle of Topo Chico, and then surrounding my bed, there were multiple bottles of Topo Chico. It was so. like signs with the ta- with the tinfoil hats on there. If they would have come in, there would have been a little salt in the water this time. <laughs> but dude, it was, uh, it was a fun weekend too. Look, we, we were lucky enough to cover this match, not as press inside the press box, but we were able to cover it as press with the L.A. Tourism Board, a big shout out to Dennis and Carlos and Zach. They they followed us around for the match and we got to watch it from a pretty cool vantage point right next to the north end. And that was a lot of fun. Philly, look, we, we had a great time. It's always great to be back at the bank, but especially for a kind of a cool reason with the LA Tourism Board. No, it was it was a really good time. And I don't know when the video is going to come out. It's going to be 60 seconds worth. They're going to be following Scarf as he prepares for match day. And then it's going to be us meeting at the bank along with Panda and Nina. We had a really good time with it. And yes, the sheer excitement of being in the bank and being able to be a supporter was quite nice. Over the course of the past year, we were at the bank by way of media, which thankfully we got to see some live football last year. We greatly appreciate it. But I was a little overzealous going into the concession stands and buying all the the 805 and all the other goodies that were available to us. Having a beer and watching sports with your friends. God, there's nothing like it. And it was such a beautiful day. The match didn't start off very beautifully. We'll talk about that. But it certainly was good to be back at the bank. And I know I speak for all of us when I say I can't wait to figure out (laughs) if we're going to be going to the game on Saturday, whether it's Scarf, whether it's me, whether it's the both of us, whether it's all of you. 
I will say I'm minorly disappointed in the fact that I don't know. Either way, we have the day planned around <laughs> it, but it's kind of like, oh, the anticipation is killing us because it's day one with supporters, but we don't know if and when and who we're going to see. Look, stay tuned for the end of the podcast because we will go through all of the ins and outs of what it could mean if you are one of the golden ticket receivers there, one of the 4,400 that's allowed to enter Bank of California Stadium. We will talk about that. <laughs> just call me just, Philly Wonka. Right. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Thank you. And uh, in just a minute, we'll talk about that towards the tail end of the podcast when we talk about Austin FC coming to the bank. The other thing, the other cool part about it is it was a story called Comeback LA. There doing stuff at Magic Mountain, at LACMA, all over the city of Los Angeles for the LA Tourism Board. And it'll also involve Jordan Harvey, by the way. He'll be a part of this too, which will be kind of neat. So a big shout out to those guys. And and Philly, we're going we're gonna to get to the LAFC stuff in just a minute. I, I just have to ask, you being the, the much larger of the WWE fans of the two of us, how was WrestleMania, brother? It was really cool. I didn't get a chance to watch day one because, well, you know, we, we had shenanigans and we got in a little bit of trouble. Um, but I started the day around, I want to say it was around noon. So day one was a four-hour spectacle. And there was day two, which was Sunday. So I literally spent my entire day watching WrestleMania from noon, basically till 8, 9 p.m. when it ended. And over the course of the past several years, people have critiqued WrestleMania and thought, ah, this isn't what it used to be. This time it was different because they were down at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Tampa's had all the fun over the course of pandemic. <laughs> and Vince is addressing everybody that's there. And there were a substantial amount of people there. To see WrestleMania with fans and to hear fans and just to hear the roar. I mean, last year there was nothing. They did it in the Thunderdome or whatever. But just to see fans at a sporting event, to see Hulk Hogan come out, I know a lot of people you know, have their feelings towards him after the racist banner. But for a second, I felt like I was a kid again, watching wrestling, seeing things somewhat back to normal. And the event itself was outstanding. The matches, highly entertaining. The whole event, highly entertaining. Bad Bunny. Bad, I, heard, I heard he was legit. Bad Bunny was the best, I would say the best like special guest ever, other than Tyson. But Bad Bunny, some of the moves he had, wow. Yeah, no, wow. I heard he was off like the top rope doing a couple of like flying moves and everything. Shout out to Bad Bunny. That was pretty cool, Ben. And look, we know you listen to the pod, so we appreciate the love, Bad Bunny. Really, thank you so much. And Philly, you said, where was it again? I'm sorry. Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. Tampa oh, at Bay. the home of the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by the greatest living American, Tom Brady. Is that where? Oh, no. I you set, walked you, I got, right into that. I got set up. That was so good. Oh, oh my man. God. Anytime I can bring up the greatest living American. Sorry. Shout out to LAFC Punk. We oh. know you love that oh, so but, much. But speaking of your New England Patriots, I know we haven't started oh. talking, but no no Edelman, the guy, oh. the guy fails a physical and is no longer a part of the Here, team? Here's the thing. He didn't fail a physical. The, the Patriots terminated his contract because he couldn't pass the physical. So he, he didn't fail it, technically. I don't think he, he took it because he knew he wasn't going to pass it. Yeah, yeah, Julian Edelman's gone. He's retiring, but uh, much love to Julian Edelman. Much love to the greatest living American, Tom Brady, home to Raymond James Stadium Ugh. where they had WrestleMania. Sorry, Walked I had to do right that. that. Last quick thing, for all of you frontline workers out there, Thank you for everything you do. I have to give a special shout out to all the teachers out there. If you guys don't know, this is The Scarf. I am a middle school teacher. I teach math and Latin in Culver City at a private school. It was my first day. We are recording this on Monday, April 12th. It's about 11 o'clock at night here. Whoa. Monday, April 12th. And, and it was my first day 
back in the classroom teaching full-time, and it was the first day since, I believe, March 8th of 2020 that my school had all of our students, or at least 95% of our students, back on campus for the first time. So I want to give a special shout-out to all of the teachers out there that listen to this podcast and that support the black and gold in any way, shape, or form. I'm a little biased, but I love all of you out there. Thank you for everything you have done. Thank you for everything you continue to do with this awful, whether it's Zoom or Google Meet or Teams or whatever <laughs> it is that you're teaching on, Schoology, Blackboard. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And and we know that none of us signed up for this type of work, but it's for the kids that we keep doing it. Shout out to all the teachers out there. The match against the New England Revolution, they were lucky enough to have, what, 700-plus first responders and frontline workers and everybody else there from a bunch of different organizations. And this episode certainly dedicated to them as well. So thank you for all of that. But it's time to get into episode 141. The banter is over. The episode begins. We're going to bring you this day in LAFC history, news and notes, the preseason recap of not just one, but about one and a half or so preseason matches at the bank. We're going to talk about opening day, April 17th against FC Broccoli, Austin FC, (laughs) scheduling with the scarf and a little info on one more sleep and the two, count them two, ah, ah. Uh, places you could see it this year. It won't just be on IG Live. So it's time for this day in LAFC history. And this is a birthday-filled Philly. Remember when we used to do birthdays of just all the random people that were born on the day? Yeah, we got a lot of flack for that. Yeah, people hated that. Well, this time, it's a birthday-filled edition of this day in LAFC history. And they've all got LAFC connections. Let's talk about April 10th, the day we actually played the match against New England. Happy birthday to a friend of the podcast and LAFC co-president Larry Friedman. LAFC Larry, Philly, we could go for an entire hour on how much we love and have respected the friendship of LAFC Larry, Larry Friedman, but unfortunately we'll only give him about five more seconds because it's also (laughs) time to talk about a couple of other birthdays also on that day. How about co-owner, co-managing owner of LAFC, co-founder of Riot Games, and for all of you League of Legends fans out there, the co-creator of League of Legends, Brandon Beck. Happy birthday to one of our owners. And also on the 10th, Philly, one of our favorite interviews that we have ever done, the most interesting man in Major League Soccer, the pool keeper himself, Charlie Lion, happy birthday. Charlie the Lumberjack Lion. That's right. He had a great story. If you guys haven't, I think, Philly, you went and checked on this last time. It was episode 121 that we interviewed Charlie Lion. So head back over and listen to episode 121 and check out our interview with Charlie Lion. And this last thing, Philly, I'm sorry I have to bring this up, but we we did this on the first time we ran through this. So I'm going to do it for you again, pouring a little more salt in the wounds. It's okay. I don't remember it from the last time. So it's brand new to me. It's brand new to you. On April 10th, 2018, LAFC, Adidas, and Parlay for the Oceans announced and launched their initial Parlay jersey, which is the only LAFC jersey not currently hanging in the closet of one Christian Philly Philemon. Is it ironic that I say, you know, you're adding salt to the wound, ocean salt water to my it. jersey wound? I get it. I get it. Yeah, I don't have that Parlay jersey. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. We're, look, if any of you have an extra, what is it, a large 
Yeah, I am. Sure. Uh, you it, know what? I'm, I'm, I'm back to kickboxing. Let's, even if it's a medium, maybe I'll squeeze into that. It does run a year. little small, Philly. You may want a large. They do run. It's the ocean. Gotta show the guns. It's the ocean plastics that they made it out of. It does run a little small. Well, whatever. I, if you have it, let me have it. <laughs> I, have, I have an extra large myself, and I can't dream of fitting in that one just yet, but it's in the closet. You're, April, you're, you've gone vegan. You'll, you'll get there. I'm working there. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm def- Actually, I've gone pescatarian. I'm still gladly eating all the seafood I can possibly find right now. On the 11th, though, just yesterday, of course, the sultry tones, the velvety smooth voice, the birthday of one Max Bredos. Max, happy birthday, brother. We know you listen to the podcast, and we appreciate all of the wonderful calls that you have made in your history as the voice of LAFC. Max Bredos' birthday on the 11th. And finally, also on the 11th in 2019, the second edition of the Parlay jersey was launched, and it sold out. In about 12 hours. And that is this day in LAFC history. Philly, I do not count myself among the fans of one Pepsi Cola, my friend. But apparently, I'm going to have to start changing my tune after the Black and Gold and Pepsi announce a five, count them, five-year partnership. Five-year partnership indeed. April 6th, that's when that announcement made, making Pepsi one of the official beverage partners of an MLS club. And look, I, there's plenty of people out there that have said, I'm not a Pepsi guy. I'm a Coke I don't guy. like Pepsi. I like Coke. They call it a rum and Coke for a reason, not a rum and cola. I get it, but here's the thing, brother. Yes. Diversification. Diversification. It's not just Pepsi, because chances are somebody out there who hates Pepsi has bought a bottle of Aquafina. Chances are... Aquafina, fantastic female rapper and actress. (laughs) Chances are they might have, like, tasted that beautiful iced tea of brisk. Chances are they bought bubbly. You have some in your fridge right now. Yes, on discount. Four packs or ten bucks. I know we all wanted to be like Mike at some point back in the day, and I'm really rehashing an old slogan, Gatorade. Gatorade. I do yes, like Gatorade. Gatorade is owned by Pepsi. I do like Gatorade. Is he sparkling juice? We see that at places. Lipton. Y'all like Lipton the teas, the iced teas. Some of y'all had Lipton. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, avoid that yellow seven or mellow seven because apparently it does something to your, well, we won't talk about that. Mug root beer. Chances I love are mug root beer. Mug, 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 mug. Muscle milk. Muscle milk. <laughs> yeah, you know, some of y'all definitely have had that. Naked. Naked juice. Yes, Whoa. that's a that's a thing. Propel, you've had that rock star energy oh drink my God. and the swims in that. Hold on, can I tell you guys a quick story about rock star energy drink? I have a very quick story. I promise it'll be quick. All right, so I didn't know that rock star was a brand for Pepsi until just now. So there you about, have it. About eight years ago at my summer camp that I run, we played this fun game in the morning, this morning assembly thing. We have all the kids come down. We sing songs. We do skits. We do games. I get pied in the face with stuff. We we have kids paint on our faces, like all kinds of fun stuff. For some reason, I thought part of the skit that we were doing, it should be really fun if I pound three purple rock stars one by one by one. Oh, God. Literally, literally in like less than a minute, I pounded three purple rock stars. For the next two hours, I lied down on the cold floor of our office, feeling my heart literally beat out of its chest. I was a little worried we would have to call a doctor. I I literally thought I was going to die. I was like a hummingbird beating the way that it was. Don't have three straight purple rock stars. I felt terrible for like a week. You're a madman. That probably destroyed something in you internally. For sure. 
There's 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 other substances out there that probably you know what forget it doesn't matter. So back to the list. Sierra Mist, Sobe, love Sobe. Starbucks. I know there's plenty of you out there that have had Starbucks. Tasso the tea, Tropicana if you're making those screwdrivers in the morning at the bank. I love chances it. are it's Tropicana and other brands. Bundaberg, Bundaberg the ginger the, beer. The ginger beer. Uh, crushed orange soda, you know, like Keenan and Kel. All right, all right. I love so, our, all, all right. right. So so I'm a Pepsi guy. Wait, I didn't wait, know wait. It. There's more. But wait, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, Waco, Texas's finest, Ocean Spray, Schweppes, that bottle of Voss. I, I can't others. afford Voss bottle of water. And, and there's others, but, uh, well, I'm just, I don't know them and I don't care to say them. So if you don't like Pepsi, that's fine, but there's plenty underneath that Pepsi umbrella that you do like and that you probably consume and that you probably have in your fridge as we are speaking. All right. Well, Philly, either way, we are totally Pepsi guys. If the partnership continues to bring the love to the community the way that they've started out, we've got this information, by the way, from Alicia Rodriguez over at Angels on Parade. And Alicia, we thank you for listening to the podcast. Shout out to Alicia. As part of the partnership, PepsiCo and the LAFC Foundation, along with goalkeeper Pablo Cisniega, will team up to refurbish a futsal field at the USC Performing Arts Magnet School at 32nd Street in Los Angeles. The school, which is located in a predominantly Hispanic Latinx neighborhood, has repeatedly tried to upgrade the field in the past to no avail to help students and the community find a safe and fun place to play. And the initiative will also see PepsiCo and LAFC Foundation distribute soccer kits to families at the school so kids can have equipment needed to play, like a soccer ball, cooling towels, training cones, and more. Shout out to Pepsi for doing right by the community here for LAFC. Philly, another little bit of news and notes that we found out sort of kind of on accident when we got the starting lineup for LAFC's preseason match against New England on the 10th, we weren't really surprised by anything going on in the starting lineup, but there were two names that you and I had to get on the Google and get to figuring out real quick two new trialists that nothing was announced to us or anybody in public anyway about these two new trialists, Mamadou Fall and Julian Gaines, trialing with LAFC and not just trialing, but named in the 18, although I'm a little skeptical about the 18 and you'll find out why later. Philly, Mamadou Fall. Tell us about Mamadou Fall from Senegal. 29 years old. So he's not a, I mean, he's young, but he's not, you know, young. So 29-year-old white winger from Senegal, listed at about six feet tall. He is a longtime veteran of the Belgian First Division. Last season played at RSC Charleroi, Charleroi, where he netted 10 goals, one assist, and one red card across all competitions, including scoring during Europa League qualifying. Charleroi finished 12th out of 18th in the table, and the league was won pretty handedly by Club Bruges. And every time I hear Bruges, I think of that Colin Farrell <laughs> in movie. In Bruges, In right? Bruges. But Such that's Mamadou. Movie. Why don't you tell us about the younger of the two trialists? Look, really excited about this kid, Julian Gaines. I'm hoping he sticks. If he doesn't stick with us, maybe we can get him on the lights, get him back up to the big club, because look, it is a log jam at his position. Julian Gaines, a right winger, although we are looking. I mean, Corey Baird, Danny Musovsky, Maybe Julian Gaines. He is 18 years old. Oh, man. That's a prospect. To be 18 years old again. He is from the town of FC Broccoli, Austin FC. He is from Austin, Texas. Hmm. Listed, 
listed at just above five foot eight. He's kind of an intriguing prospect, Philly. He played most recently with the Barca Academy in Casa Grande, Arizona. Mm. He has U.S. Youth National Team pipeline experience playing 13 matches with the U15s, which for him was like last night. He scored three <laughs> goals with the U15s and even played a match with the U17s. And of course, Philly, this is one of two times where the research has found an LAFC connection. What's the LAFC connection other than him trialing this season with LAFC? How about this? He played one game professionally, got paid for it as a 15-year-old for Austin Bold. Yup. For any of you that have listened to our podcast in the last year or two, you know who's been playing for Austin Bold. He's not currently there anymore because I believe he retired. He played for Austin Bold in 2019, did Julian Gaines, in a one nothing loss to the Los Dos Galaxy 2 in front of 589 paying people at the Diggs practice field. Also playing for the Bold that day, Philly was... Callum... Malice. That's right. The Callum Malice, formerly of the Black and Gold. Unfortunately, Philly, get this. They were never technically on the field together. Callum Malice subbed out in the 59th minute for somebody. Julian Gaines subbed into the match in the 59th minute for somebody else. So they never actually got to play at the same time. But Julian Gaines, kind of an intriguing winger prospect trialing with LAFC. But Man, my hat's off to you real quick. Yes. I mean, the, the the deep dive you did into this one, it, yeah. it, it blows my mind. Wait, there's more later on the podcast. Wait till you hear me talk about Cal United Strikers FC and their connection to LAFC. Aha! Well, hey, like I said, I was watching WrestleMania recovering, <laughs> and you clearly were doing your homework. So God bless you. God bless you. And talking about these new prospects, yes. I think we were on, what, LA Soccer Hub with Geo. Yes. And that was one of the things that we were saying that we were looking forward to the most about preseason is getting to find some of these. These unheralded, unmentioned gems. Will they stick? I don't know. But Opoku, who uh, he stuck around. Yep. And look at the impact he made on our club. Yep. Don't know what's going to happen with fall or gains, but just getting to see somebody new out there doing a deep dive, finding out that Mamadou played in, in Belgium, finding out that Julian is tied to Austin Bold, which is tied to Callum Malice, which is tied to LAFC. <laughs> Amazing the degrees of separation there. That, to me, is what I always look forward to in preseason. That's absolutely right. Hopefully, I'm thinking Las Vegas Lights, they're supposed to be announcing some more signings soon. Yeah, why not, right? Why not? Vegas, baby. Although... Yes, sir. Didn't MLS just come out with a uh, statement indicating that they're looking for that 30th team? And it just so happens that Phoenix, which I say is number one in that category, Phoenix, San Diego, and Las Vegas could potentially be in the running for an MLS team. At this point, I would say Phoenix Rising are definitely should definitely be the forerunners because they have an established club, fan base, so on and so forth. But look... Uh, Would they it be the lights? I don't know. They need to get their Sacramento business taken care of. God knows what's going on in Sacramento right now. The NWSL bid is apparently still moving forward, but I don't know about MLS and Sacramento ever since their big-pocketed owner pulled out. Philly, unfortunately, <laughs> we wouldn't get to see either Julian Gaines or Mamadou fall in the match, but... We learned about him. Let's, we did. Why don't you give us a rundown of LAFC's starting lineup with just a couple of small changes for the second of two preseason tilts against the New England Revolution. Yeah, so when we saw that first preseason match, in keeper in between the pipes, it was Pablo Cisniega. Today, on the other hand, it was Kenneth Vermeer. That backline consisted of 
Chiki Palacios, Eddie Segura, Murillo, and Blackman. The midfield, Latif Blessing, Edward Atuesta, and welcome back from your international duty, Mark Anthony Kay. He saw, he was in the match for Sifu, who'd started the previous match. Just because I love to hear you say it, what was the nickname that you gave to Mark Anthony Kay once again? The Canadian Glory Machine. And onward he goes with the lineup. <laughs> and for the forwards, <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of that one either. I huh? love it so much. It makes no sense, but I love it. No, I... I I'd hate to tell you what we were doing that night. <laughs> Sometimes creativity comes through in like the, the dandiest of ways. But yeah, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, and Corey Baird rounded up the front line. And the 18. I mean, you're probably going to talk about New England. Let me finish off the 18. All the regulars, also including Raheem Edwards, who didn't feature the last time around. Cal Jennings, Alvaro Quesada, and the two trialists we just talked about. Gains and fall. Kim Moon-Hwan was listed in the 18, but we saw him in his street clothes. and Yeah, he wasn't playing at all in that match. No, he wasn't, and he's, he's got to get that knee back up to snuff. People ask, oh, how come, he, uh, how come he's not starting? How come he's not playing? Well, you know, he, he's coming off of an injury. He needs to get himself in 90-minute game shape. We're not, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Yes, sir. He's not going to crack that starting lineup next week. He is week. not. But eventually, we could see what, what I don't know. Um, that is yet I, to be I think, determined. Look, he's he's going to play, right? Oh, because of they're, they're spending a boatload of money on him. They've taken a lot of cool pictures, probably by Imad, uh, front of him. So I, I think we're going to definitely see him, but he does not look ready to go quite yet. He didn't really look ready to uh, go during the last game. I'm going to mention three names from the New England Revolution, and, and then we're just going to get on to talking about the recap. Name number one, Bruce Arena. Turns out he doesn't play, I've doesn't score goals. He, he doesn't do anything on the pitch. But man, oh man, oh man, is he really good at what he does. A he fantastic coach. He did wave to us as he was leaving. And and honestly, that smile was so flippin' genuine, oh, too. Yeah. It was beautiful. The man was genuinely happy to see people calling him out. And he waved to us. It was like, if he was my grandpa, I would give him a hug. I just, he was such a nice man in that moment. Scarf, Bruce, I think we're old enough to like call him dad. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Bruce Arena turns out real, real, real good. At what he does. So, Bruce Arena, name number one I will mention. Name number two I will mention, Gustavo Bo. Look, Gustavo Bo looks looks a little different than anybody else on there for the New England Revolution. Can we just talk for just a second, Philly? This has nothing to do with what I was just about to talk about, but you made me think about it. We were watching, I thought it was either the Cal United Strikers FC warming up, and we'll talk about them in just a second, or maybe it was the Las Vegas Lights, but they were apparently warming up in gray. I didn't know that these were the guys that didn't get into the New England Revolution, and I didn't know. Maybe it's because we were all the way up where we were sitting, and he was all the way down there where he was running. I did not know that Emmanuel Boateng was the world's smallest human ever created. I didn't recognize (laughs) that that was Emmanuel Boateng. I've seen Emmanuel Boateng play literally maybe a dozen matches for Carson and for other squads out there. Did not know. Emmanuel Boateng, smallest human I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, I think he may share that title with Muggsy Bugs. Maybe oh he's an inch goodness. taller than Muggsy Bugs. But we had that we had that debate. We're like, who's that little guy? No, no, no. I had the debate. You said right away, well, yeah, I think I, that's Emmanuel Boateng. And I was like, there's no way that's Emmanuel Boateng. I've seen Emmanuel Boateng. He's not that small. It was Emmanuel Boateng. I was wrong. Most certainly. It was clearly. Emmanuel Lewis out there, not Emmanuel <laughs> Boateng. Oh, man. Emmanuel Lewis. He was Lewis. small. He was so small. Okay, Shout out to I, Webster, rest I will in say peace. this though, Philly. We got to see uh, Emmanuel Boateng play against LAFC several times when he was with Carson. 
and it is one of the very few times that I've ever seen Latif Blessing look slow, is when Emmanuel Boateng, a couple of years ago, caught him from behind and dispossessed him of the ball. I was like, yeesh. I mean, Latif is small. That guy's real small, but he's also yep. real fast. Emmanuel Boateng, smallest human. Anyway. He's also built like a little tank. He is. The the second name, Gustavo Bo. I'm calling it right now. Scarf Stradamus. Gustavo Bo is going to be top three in the MVP race by the time the season is over. He looked so, so good for the New England Revolution. It's preseason. Third name. I don't care if it's preseason or not. Oh, we know how preseason works. If we would have judged things by preseason, the Jets would have won several Super Bowls. Eight-time Super Bowl champion, New York Tetrapolitans. However... Matt Turner, I don't care if he's yep. playing in the Dust Bowl, in the MLS Cup Final. Matt Turner is one heck yep. of a keeper. I mean, come on. Some of the saves. And I will say this. We had the camera crew that was with us. Both Dennis and Carlos saw Matt Turner make one diving save on Diego Rossi to his right. And they audibly said swears right behind us, which we would never do on the podcast here. Oh, but no, it was no, an no. amazing save. Gustavo Bo, Bruce Arena, Matt Turner. Those are all the guys you need to know. But Philly, punched in the mouth, doesn't begin to describe what happened to LAFC two minutes in, and Kenneth Vermeer forgot what team he was playing for. A bad turnover by Kenneth Vermeer, and Adam Buxa once again, second straight match that Buxa put one away. Two minutes in, we're down one nothing. Oh, let's go five minutes later, Philly, where we're down 2 nothing. Matt Polster from distance, and the only reason why I'm the one talking about these first two goals and not you is because you had to go be a knight in shining armor. Yeah, so we had to get concessions. We had to get stuff we had to get beer and food and the only place to get beer and food from where we were is on the opposite side of the stadium and so no big deal panda and nina volunteered because you know they know that scarf and i scarf was live tweeting and we were going to take notes as per the usual. yep but i had my wife's wallet you did i had all and actually now that i think about it normally it's the other way around she normally has your wallet y- yeah i mean it wasn't the greatest year for me so <laughs> i'm gonna be having her wallet that's true But yeah, so I went off and I disappeared. And here's the thing. I heard cheering in the stands. So I had assumed, dang it, I missed an LAFC goal. Yeah, that seventh minute. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I get back up to the the suite where we were at in Founders, only to see us down 2-0. And where? Talk to us. Again, I missed it. Talk to us about why there was cheering. Apparently, Matt Polster's entire family, all eight of them, we're at Bank of California Stadium to watch that game because the goal happened with Matt Polster from distance, which really caught everybody by surprise, including LAFC's back line, which was awfully flat-footed. However, the, the Figueroa Club went absolutely nuts from, like, this section of eight people. Bah! Yeah! Woo! And I'm like, wait, aren't we at Bank of California Stadium? What just happened? That's what I thought. Apparently, it was Matt Polster's whole family because he went over after the match and, you know, took some photos and said hi and everything else. So, yay, Matt Polster's family for being there. But Philly... Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Philly, Nina, Panda got back to where we were sitting. They sat down. They passed me a a mushroom and cheese sandwich. And then just like that, because you three, it was, because you three returned in the 15th minute, salvation. Yeah, Corey Baird to Diego Rossi, and he cuts that lead in half. 
two to one. And we wanted to see how the chemistry between Rossi and yep. Baird and yep. Vela would work out. We didn't really see it all that much that first preseason game, although Baird did have a couple of attempts and he had some really sweet passing, but he was able to connect with Rossi and it was a really nice goal. And reading the notes here, Scarf had the conversation with him. We're just yep. we're just trying to listen to Vince and watch Baird off the ball more. That's what he said to do is don't focus so much on what Corey does when he has the ball. Focus more on what he does off the ball. And, well, I mean, he was on the ball on that one. He clearly was on the ball. But right. Corey Baird making his uh, his impression felt and, you know, feeling pretty good about this I, right now. I said it on an earlier podcast. My favorite player to watch this season is going to be Corey Danny Masovsky Baird because I think between those two players kind of platooning on that right wing position. I could be wrong. Could be Mahala. Could be Christian Torres kind of taking those minutes. But I think Baird's going to be the guy moving forward. And I have to think Musovski might be that second player up. Although it looks like he's scoring a ton of goals for the lights. This yeah, season. no doubt. We'll see what happens. I think between Musovski and Baird, we're going to see maybe 15 goals, 15 assists. That's right. I'm saying it right now. I'm sorry. Those, what, what? Those two players together are going to combine for 15 goals and 15 assists on the season because bold. We've, we've already, no, Austin plays in Austin. Aww. We've already womp, got, womp, womp. we've got Carlos Vela who's already proven what he can do 34 goals, 15 assists all by himself in one season. We know what Diego Rossi can do, golden boot winner in both the COVID Cup and Major League Soccer in 2020. We're going to get plenty of goals, plenty of assists from those two. What will put LAFC over the top will be Corey Musovsky, Danny Baird, whatever that player is going to be. 15 goals, 15 assists, and we've started to see it right here with Corey Baird in the 15th minute. In the 18th minute, Jesus David Murillo absolutely cleans out Gustavo Bo and earns a yellow. And I was thinking to myself, Philly, 72 minutes now of playing on a yellow, but Murillo, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to get your thoughts on the preseason after we do the match recap and my thoughts on the preseason. But man, I got to say it. Jesus Murillo was probably the brightest of the spots in our preseason this season for LAFC. So really excited to see that. It was in the 25th minute, Philly. They showed Matt Turner on the Jumbotron, and I turned to you and I said, that man right there, he looks like a handsome Alex Sale. Alex Sale. <laughs> what are you saying? Matt Turner. <laughs> a handsome Alex Sale? Al- Alex Sale is handsome. There you go. Oh, oh, then you so, just say a, an Alex Sale. He looks like Alex Sale who is handsome. How's that? <laughs> okay. Matt okay. Just making sure. Jumbo- now, I know Alex Sale, we're good friends, Alex, you and I love you, buddy, but I know you're not 6'3 like Matt Turner is, but either way. Or even I mean, I'm taller than that. But Alex well, Sale did go to Indiana he University. He did go to Where did you go, Philly? <laughs> You've never mentioned it on the podcast. Do it one more time for me. Oh, no, no. We're not going to talk about Indiana. <laughs> I, we should talk about Loyola Marymount. We can later on, but that's going to have to be for another podcast. Look at how excited of, he is. We have a lot. Of, he, they, they were ranked number 10 in the nation as of the recording of this episode, which is kind of sweet for us in soccer, because I don't know how we've ever really done in soccer. But... Alex Sale, Matt Turner, I'm just saying, you've never seen both of them in the same place at the same time. They could be the same person. 45th minute Philly, Latif Blessing doing Latif Blessing things by putting Adam Buxa in the popcorn machine, <laughs> earning a yellow what? card for Adam Buxa. He got taken down after a couple of sweet moves, and Buxa said, you know what, I'm just taking you out. That's it. Yellow card, halftime, 2-1, New England, and and at least, at least, Philly, we stopped the the onslaught from the first seven minutes of the match. So it was it was interesting because the la- the last preseason game yes the New England Rev went up 2 to nothing early on in the second half. 
This time around, they did the same thing. Doing it, though, in the first half. But LAFC managed to cut the lead. And we mentioned this on the last episode. I'd love to go through the rest of the preseason games that we've had since our Actually, you mentioned it on the 20 minutes that we already had scrapped because you... That doesn't count. (laughs) It's like, you know, the tree falling in the woods, nobody hears. But go on, go on with your... Because you're right. So, I mean, LAFC, they, they tie. They tied. They they tied the last preseason game. Would they tie this one as well? Yes. Well, you'll have to stick around to find out. But we come out of the half two to one, and it was us that struck first. Fifty eighth minute. What a goal! I mean, with a backpack on, a backpack oh, man. named Matt Kessler, Henry Kessler, Henry. What did I say, Matt Kessler? It's okay. Matt it was Turner's okay. who I was thinking of, Henry Kessler. The backpack on Carlos Vela, who literally walked with Henry Kessler on his back into the 18, shuffled the ball right past Matt Turner, which is not easy to do. Carlitos with an incredible golazo. LAFC kind of called it an and one, although you don't really get a free throw after it, but he was definitely fouled. So much so that Kessler earned a yellow card despite Vela scoring. We're even at two, Philly. And and we're celebrating 58 minutes. We've got the equalizer. Let's just hold on. All we have to do is maybe not give up a penalty three minutes later. Uh, well, hold on real quick. In all fairness Holding to Henry on. Kessler, yes. Henry Kessler, last year was his rookie year. Yes. Everything was compartmentalized in regions. So clearly Henry Kessler heard of the amazingness that is Carlos Vela, but he didn't really know about the amazingness of Carlos Vela because, dude, he, he was so close to him. There was so much body contact. He took him down. He might as well have bought him dinner before he got the yellow card. Amazing for Carlos Vela to stick with that play, not go down easy. He scores a goal. Kessler gets the yell. We're off to the races. But you said it. We get excited. Uh, and only to have our, our our joy eliminated three minutes later. You hadn't even finished your shoey yet. Oh, yeah. We wanted to get the first shoey at the bank in the longest time. And we couldn't have it. Why? 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 Oh, because there was a foul in the box. A foul in the box to cha-cha. A foul in the box. Wow. However. I don't know what just happened. However. However. If there is a keeper that you would want in the box on LAFC. Yes. It would be Kenneth Vermeer. For Kenneth, a PK? Absolutely. For a PK, 100%. I would take Vermeer over any keeper. Um for the for the PKs. He has a history of succeeding in that regard. So how'd this one go? He didn't succeed. Got it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so it was Gil who converted from the spot, and Vermeer is instantly subbed off for Pablo. An unfortunate set of circumstances. <laughs> it puts us in the hole we, three to two to the we rev. Said it to a, we, we saw after the 58th minute, we saw Pablo. Literally, they like ran over to Pablo. It was uh, Thomas Romero who ran over and said, all right, you're getting ready to go in. And we thought, all right, he's going in around the 60th minute. And then we have the foul in the box, and we're like, oh, this day's not going to end well for Kenneth Vermeer. A foul so he, in he the box. gives up PK, and then... He was close on it. He, was he? He was. I mean, it went towards the middle. Gil yeah. shot it that way. Yeah. Vermeer fell back. Yeah. He, he, he guessed right, yeah. is what I'm getting at. And we, we heard a fan within the North End yell, trash. Oh, yeah. I, I would say that's, I mean, the first two plays, yeah, harsh. probably, a but a harsh. little harsh to yell trash on a keeper trying to block a PK, I, I will say especially this, when he though. was close. I will say this, Philly. I was very, I, I'll say, unimpressed with Pablo Cisniega's first 45 minutes, and I thought in our first preseason match, Kenneth Vermeer outplayed 
Pablo Cisniega in the first preseason match. I did not think Kenneth Vermeer had a great 60 minutes in this match. No, he it, comes was, out, it was niche. He comes out after the 61st. And by the way, after the 61st, I really didn't think Pablo was tested all that much. He might have gotten no. credit for one or two saves. I know there was one for sure, but it was on a shot he saw the entire way. He did have, I think, one great diving save. So he looked, he looked fine in his 30 minutes. Let's be clear. If you're judging the two keepers... Vermeer was tested more, but he also didn't look very good. Normally, the debate continues, man. Yeah, There's no clear favorite. Look, I, I will say this. We we did have somebody close to the LAFC organization say to us that if we had Matt Turner in goal, we might never lose a game. That that does say a little bit about LAFC's keeper situation. But in the 65th minute, Philly, Diego Rossi, and my Italian team would be so proud. In the 65th minute, Corey Baird joins the diving team. I love it. He got a yellow card for his efforts. The dive in the box by Corey Baird. Swim cap and the Speedos were Welcome on. Welcome to the diving team. Corey Baird in the 65th minute. In the 76th, what an incredible bit of passing. Cheeky to Vela just missing from inside the box. Vela wanted that one. And Cheeky did everything he could to put that right on. 77th minute in what would be a fun 11 minutes for Edward Atuesta. He picks up a yellow in the 77th. But let's see if you had Eddie Segura with the goal on your Defenders of the Bank bingo card here Mm, for episode 141. Philly, a beautiful bit of passing, and it finds Eddie Segura. It started with a Carlos Vela corner kick, which they played short to the top of the box, played in, and I believe maybe even off the chest of Jesus Murillo over to Eddie Segura. And what an incredible goal. The equalizer Philly in the 84th for Eddie Segura. Yeah, we, we had our interview with him not that long ago. We Please know, check out that episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Episode 139. We, we had a translator. But Eddie Segura finding his way into the back of the net. And that's this, this is good. Can this be a reverse of the trend from our first year? I would love it. Maybe we are the 80th minute hex this year. Stay tuned for this season to find out. But Eddie Segura ties the game at three. And in terms of scoring, that's pretty much how it ends. However, we did have one more bit of action in the 87th minute. Edward Atuesta seeing some red. As you have it written on our notes, descent of the highest order, the ninth and final yellow of the match and the first red, a chippy, chippy affair at Bank of California Stadium. But that is how the match ends. Three to three. It's yet another draw in the preseason history books for LAFC, a result most common, as we said earlier, for this club over its first four years. Philly, you and I are basketball fans. You ever see Oh, the Knicks beat the Lakers, speaking of which. <laughs> hey, look, man, the Knicks are trash, but this year they're actually doing well. And for once, Knicks, I'm going to hang on to a fun highlight for the Knicks. The a Knicks fun are day. not trash this year. They got Julius Randle, and there is a... a fan- angry Julius Randle. But there is a fantastic article written today on ESPN.com about the Kobe effect on Julius Randle, the work ethic that Kobe taught Julius Randle. So, guys, check out that article on ESPN.com. We have, we have nothing to do with it. But, yeah, your your Knickerbockers are not terrible this year. Philly, No, you know how sometimes we're watching and those coaches are trying to get a technical to kind of fire up their team, right? Okay. They're, they're trying to, to get the referee in the referee's ear because, you know, maybe they're doing something for later or whatever. Edward Atuesta 100% trying for this second yellow card. 
after the the foul that happened just right before that, there was a foul that was called on LAFC. And Edward Atuesta, who was nowhere near the play, went straight over to the head referee and literally demonstrative, lost his mind, said whatever. And the referee let him say about three or four things. And then he must have said, bleepity bleep, bleepity bleep, we're not going to dinner anymore after the match. <laughs> and that's when the referee pulled out his second yellow and the red. I'm not going to lie. Edward Atuesta earned every bit of that. That was well, I mean, I hope there's no ramifications for getting a red card in the preseason. Nah, but. it's it's. I mean, it, it's good practice for the referees, so yeah. they can sift through their pockets and pick out the right card. And Philly, you're you're absolutely right when you mention the the two very slow starts. The second half of the first match, the first half of the second match, it really seemed like Bruce Arena knew all the buttons to push coming out of halftime and then coming into this match. So that worries me a little bit. But Philly. Both matches, you talked about it already. We went down 2 nothing in both matches. We came back to salvage a point in each of them. Those are great results on the road, but I want three points at home. But at the same time, Philly, you said it earlier, this is preseason. So we will see what happens. Philly, let me get your thoughts on one thing for me. Give me your two players that you thought were a highlight of this preseason. Mario, for sure. Okay. Uh, and even though he only played... Mainly in the first, Sifu. And I, and, I, and it sounds like a tired, tired description because we were all bullish on them last season. But those guys impressed me. We expect Carlos Vela to be Carlos Vela. And that article, by the way, that came out in the LA Times, really good. Carlos is fired up. He wants to get an MVP. He didn't really say much about that last season. He just mentioned that he wants to uh, furnish our club with some more hardware, silverware. But the fact that he wants to go for an MVP because he knows his efforts will lead to a club to the club doing what they did in that second season. You want Carlos Vela all fired up. He looks like he's in game shape. We know about that. His but, hair also immaculate. 100%. But yeah, I mean, to me, like, Murillo is that enforcer that we need in the back line. He's he's that physical presence. He's found his spot on the team. He feels a lot more comfortable. He's a bruiser. The way Gustavo Bo bounced off of him is the way you and I would bounce off a of shack in, in in a pickup game. True. It was It was fantastic. And Sifu... I can't wait to see one of these highlight goals that he just blasts from outside of the box, scorching the back of the net and making some poor defenseless keeper just look down at his hands and knees and be in shame and in awe. All right, so I got two more for you. My one, Latif Blessing. Let, let me say a little caveat on what I'm about to say here. I think last year, Latif Blessing was a little more concerned with the Latif Blessing off the pitch than he was maybe on the pitch. There was, That's fair. There was a lot of a lot of stuff right going on around Latif Blessing, not just off the pitch, but also there were some some trade rumors. He some was Vasco da Gama action. Yeah, he was he was quote unquote injured for a match or two. Let me tell you how good Latif Blessing has looked in these first two preseason matches. It's it's going to make it real hard if you're Mark Anthony K, Jose Cifuentes. Definitely hard for Bryce Duke. Definitely hard for Poncho Ginella to get any minutes. Latif Blessing. Is Poncho like fifth on the depth chart he, now? I mean, maybe in front of Bryce Duke. I don't know. But, man, Latif Blessing was doing so many game-changer things. It might not show up in the stat sheet, but all of you that have been to the bank, all of you that have watched Latif Blessing on television, even if you've had to struggle to find them somewhere on YouTube TV, all of you know that it might not be what shows up in the box score. For instance, the yellow card that he drew on Buxa. 
For instance, the takeaway after takeaway after takeaway, the extra dribble, the pass that he makes in traffic. He might not be putting a ton in the back of the net. He might not even be assisting on a ton. But Latif Blessing has been doing Latif Blessing things. The second, and I will say it's mainly Philly because of this second match. Really excited to see the former MLS Rookie of the Year, Corey Baird, sure. to see how he partners with the two golden boot winners for the last two years. Three golden boot winners, technically? I don't know. Either way, Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Corey Baird could be what we were looking for from Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, who, by the way, never heard of Almeria lost their last match. They're, they're still firmly in third, but it's looking like one and two are kind of running away with it over there. In La Liga, too. So have faith. There's still playoffs. I'm, yeah. No, no, no. They'll have to win that three, four, five, six play-in exactly. tournament deal. Yeah, but that little playoff. We're all Almeria fans, guys. Come on. Get on the Almeria bandwagon. Even, even you. I am I am disappointed. You, Mr. Brian. I used oh. to make songs because I had a lot of feelings for him, Brian. You just wait for Brian's song part two. I'm only waiting for how La Liga goes, but I might do a a part two and then do a part three. I don't know. By the way, Philly, you're going to love. You're going to love. Next episode, because it's it's done. I'm very excited. Philly doesn't even know about this. Next episode, my song for Diego Rossi. That's right. All right. We got a Diego Rossi song coming up. Anyways, Philly, we also had a little bit of bonus soccer at Bank of California Stadium. A 1-0 win for the Las Vegas Lights. Over, and I'm not making this team name up, Cal Strikers United FC, local 434 electricians, whatever it is that they are, of the NISA, which if you had the National Independent Soccer Association on your Defenders of the Bank episode bingo card, you can strike off NISA right now on your bingo card. For the lights, we know there are a lot of LAFC connections, including, and most especially, Philly, their goal scorer in the one nothing win, who was... Danny the Moose Musofsky. Yeah, that's right. Starting in goal, of course, was Philip Ejimadu, friend of the hey. podcast, and former third keeper over at LAFC. But wait! There's more. Oh. Philly, remember I told you there'd be a second deep dive on this podcast? Here we go. Are you ready? Of course I would find an LAFC connection to Cal Strikers United Oil Workers Union Association 403 FC. Very excited for this. Brian, not that Brian, Brian De La Fuente. Philly, <laughs> I just heard a bunch of the millions. <laughs> <laughs> millions. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that one. For a bunch of the millions and millions just ask themselves, who is Brian De La Fuente and why is he connected to LAFC? Well, Brian De La Fuente, we talked about two trialists this year in both gains and fall. Well, in 2018, Brian De La Fuente was a trialist for the black and gold. You were on fire. Today. I am. It's, it's a thing. Never made the big club. Philly, opening day. As we are sitting here right now, it is now 11.32 on Monday, April 12th. We might be done before midnight. We will be done before midnight. Dear God. Before midnight, it is only now five days away from opening day against FC Broccoli, Austin, FC. Philly, I got a question for you. (laughs) Are we going? (laughs) That's So, segue, smooth segue for Defenders of the Bank. 
how will tickets work for this match? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't heard yet, but here's what we know. Season ticket holders, at the end of the day, are going to be the people that are going to be walking into the building. 4,400 to be precise. And the way it's going to break down is it's going to go by when you put your initial deposit down. So if you reserved in the last year or two, you're likely not going to be getting in unless several people opted out of this. I week. mean, that'd be we, a lot that's, of that is the X factor here. A lot of people. But from what we've heard, it's going to be a max of two tickets per account, regardless if you have two or more than two. Not 100% confirmed because nothing is confirmed, <laughs> but, but, but it's a rumor. Yeah. So LAFC, hopefully they let us know by tomorrow, which is Tuesday. They better let us know by Wednesday. If it's Thursday, I'm going to be drinking heavily with anxiety, no, not knowing what's going on. But that's you know according to our inside sources. So we're hoping it's sooner rather than later. Either way, Scarf and I have our day planned around that. What would just be the gutting aspect is if he gets to go in before me or, or vice versa, or if we don't even get to enjoy the game. I don't know where we're sitting. I don't know anything, and that kind of sucks. But- we don't know anything yet, guys. Not a, We have heard as much as you have out there, we promise. Yeah, and look, here's another thing. Don't tailgate. Because it's good, you're not. It's not. It's not possible. There's absolutely no tailgating on Christmas Tree Lane or anywhere else outside of the bank. Free play. Free play is shut down until further notice. Ugh. So we won't have that. No Julius and Peppers. No Julius Pepper. Unless we make our own. Nobody said we couldn't have something on our way into the bank. We can. That's true. All right. Man, but that implies we're getting into the bank. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't uh, know if we're getting into the bank. But, yeah, that's the story. So what we also know is parking. If you get that email, that 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 Willy Wonka golden ticket, I'm calling myself Philly Wonka for this one. Only if you get the golden only ticket. Only if I get the golden yeah, ticket. No, the Philly Wonka. That's going to be my name. But you will get the option for parking. They will give you the option to buy it in advance. And it has to be bought in advance. And only the green and the blue lots will be open. Philly, good news, though. Uh, yeah. You can bring your 4x6 clutch. Oh, that's that's great. My little my little satchel. Very important. In the past, you were able to get into the bank with the clear plastic bags. That will not be the case. Four by six clutch bag is what you could get into the bank. No backpacks. None of those clear bags that you used to utilize back in the day. Don't basically just just don't bring anything other than your desire to cheer and watch football. One other thing. And we experience this ourselves. Yep. No cash will be accepted for merchandise, merchandising, food and drinks or at LAFC HQ. If you want to get food, there is an app that you or a website that you can pull up where you can order in advance. It'll give you a confirmation number. You pay in advance. You go into the line. You show the person behind the, the register or whatever. Hey, this is my order number. I had two 805s and a pretzel. Boom, you're out the door. Saves you some time. I feel like that's a chapter in my, like my memoirs. I'm going to write two 805s and a pretzel. I like that. <laughs> it's like three chords in the truth. <laughs> yeah, if you have any questions about that, please don't check ask out. us. <laughs> no, well, I mean, look, we gave you all that we know. There was a great video that Max Bredos just did, pretty much saying all of those things as well. Philly, let's talk for two quick seconds about Austin FC. I say two quick seconds. You guys know it's going to be longer because yeah. we're terrible at time. But let's yeah. talk real quick. Austin FC, it's their first ever game, and you know what happened, Philly. Last time we played a team in their first ever match bank in California Stadium, beautiful chip from Carlos Vela. And we beat the fighting David Beckham's one nothing 
at Bank like California Beckham Stadium. I like Beckham FC better. I like Beckham FC. Fighting David Beckham's Beckham. Yeah, I like Beckham FC better. It sounds like it could actually be like a EPL pub league team or something. Yeah, like oh, that. 100%. Like sixth tier, somewhere <laughs> fighting with Scunthorpe, although that's more like fourth, fifth tier. Right, Beckham FC. I like it. That Beckham works and out. Scunthorpe. That works out pretty well. Austin has a good mix of veteran talent and young promise. The young talent... Philly, your favorite first family of U.S. men's national team soccer, the Burhalters, Sebastian Burhalter, 19 years old, midfielder. Daniel Pereira, who was the number one overall pick in this year's Super Draft. He is going to be fun to watch. He's a 20-year-old midfielder. Rodney Redes, 21-year-old forward. His The first ever signing, by the way, from Austin FC from That's Paraguay. That no 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 not at all sir they have a different Paraguayan player who's their DP hey, and Johan Romagna twenty two year old defender from Colombia and look at the deep dive by scarf not gonna lie I yeah, am he's just pulling it all out today how about a guy who trained with Independiente Medellin in two thousand eighteen teammates of Jesus David Murillo and. Edward Atuesta. He never got into game action in 2018, but he was training with the club that year for Independiente Medellin. Johan Romagna, their veteran presence, Philly. I got a couple for you right here at the end. Not Matt Beasler, 34-year-old defender. He's real good, though. Diego Fagundes, 26-year-old midfielder, but Philly, he's been playing regular minutes in Major League Soccer since he was like 17. Yeah. He's like like eighth yeah, in player. active minutes right now. He's unbelievable. Hopeful soon friend of the podcast and yeah. definitely friend of Lalo and Gaston Flores, Mr. Hector Jimenez, 32-year-old defender who won the MLS Cup last year for the crew. Nick Lima, 26-year-old defender who always gives us trouble, and he did with San Jose. But Philly, how about Alex Ring, the 30-year-old midfielder, and Ben Sweat, 29-year-old defender from your former club, NYCFC you at least kind of excited to see some former NYFC, NYCFC guys, says the scarf. <laughs> well, Ben's not going to make me sweat in terms of stress. Alex Ring, I know NYCFC was bummed to lose him. He was a solid player for yep. them. Yep. But we got one more, Andrew Tarbell. 27 years old, likely the starting keeper. Look, you're really excited, and we still got to talk about the, the DPs. Actually, you know what? Before I make my comment, why don't you go ahead? You're on fire this episode. This episode is not brought to you by Philly and the Scarf. <laughs> it is brought to you by the Scarf. Philly was on hiatus. You wrapped this, the rest of the lineup Listen, out. I will say this. There is no Defenders of the Bank without Philly and the Scarf, my friend. That's Whatever true. it takes to get through all 141 episodes, we are there for each other. But... Currently, they have two of three DP slots, giggity, currently filled, <laughs> oh, God. also giggity, Thomas Pochettino. <laughs> I sent Philly this great text message, and I was all excited. I was like, oh, my God, Pochettino signed with Austin FC. Oh, you, you blew my Philly freaking mind. Philly was like, mind. no way, shut up. They landed Pochettino, and I go, yeah, Thomas, 25-year-old <laughs> Argentine midfielder with extensive, extensive, I tell you, experience at Boca Juniors and Talleres. That's big. In Argentina's first division, he actually got most of his experience with Talleres, who was also a really, really quality first sure. club there with the first division. Uh, look, he's tallied 10 goals, 15 assists, over 100 competitions. And this kid, he's a midfielder that I, I read this in one article about six, seven weeks ago. They're hoping Thomas Pochettino can be their version. And I read this. So I'll say it's true because someone said it. I Not everything is right on the internet, Scarf. They were hoping he would be 
an Edward Atuesta-like figure for Austin FC. So, I mean, look, you can hope all you want, but Edward Atuesta, best defensive midfielder and, and the glue that makes LAFC run. But the second one, I'm actually really intrigued to see Cecilio Dominguez, the 26-year-old left winger from Paraguay. That's the Paraguayan DP you were talking about. Tons of experience. He's played for Club América in Liga Amequis. He's played for Atletico Independiente in Argentina, and most recently in his native Paraguay, uh, for Guarani, which sounds real fun, he scored 43 goals and notched 17 assists across 150 competitions. But Not more bad. importantly, it's where those competitions have occurred. He's played in the CONCACAF Champions League and Copa Libertadores and in Copa Sudamerica. This kid is ready to roll. And, and look, don't sleep on Austin because in July, in July, they're going to be filling, Giggity, that third DP slot. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and I can't wait to see who they put in that third slot. Oh, so not Matthew McConaughey. Got they, it. Not Matthew McConaughey. They've only got two filled. So they, much like possibly LAFC at the July deadline, fingers crossed, are going to be filling that third <laughs> bye, DP bye, slot. Brian. And that's why I think it's right. That's good. That's why I think it's right that they recently said that playoffs are the standard for them this season because I think they know that come July, they're going to make some real big headway in the DP market. Their head coach, by the way, Josh Wolf, who previously was the assistant manager for DC United, Columbus Crew, U.S. Men's National Team, played for the MLS for a whole long time and also played in the, is it, I'm going to I'm gonna try this, ready, Philly? The Bundesliga Zwei? Uh, the other way, fight the Bundesliga. Fight the Bundesliga. Sorry, I tried. This is why Philly handles all that kind of stuff. He played for the Zweite Bundesliga for 1860 Munich, who's now, by the way, in the, what's three in German? <laughs> the Scheisse Bundesliga. So, so they're they're in that version of the Bundesliga. They're in the third division of German football. Yeah, I got right away now. with saying some fun. They're, they're no longer <laughs> Apple. Don't listen. They're no longer in the second division the of Scheisse the German Bundesliga. Bundesliga. They're now in the third division. But Philly, I know you've got some love for the team sporting director. Yeah, of course, Claudio Reyna. What's not to love about him? He He's was... Gio Reyna's dad. Well, th yes, yes. It is. It is uh, the. I, I, I Progeny? Progeny yeah, th thank you. you yes, I was going to say something far more vocabulary with the scarf. If you had progeny on your defenders of the bank bingo card, mark progeny off now. Claudio is one of the most decorated United States men's national team players of all time. Back when our team actually made the World Cup, I remember he, those days. He, I don't. He played in them four <laughs> times. <older>. 94, <laughs> 94, 98, 02, 2006 including being named the 2002 World Cup All-Star Team. He also competed in two Olympics. I remember those too. When we qualified for them. We don't do that anymore. He guided NYCFC into their MLS tenure as their manager from 2013 to 2019. So he knows how to help. I mean, fledgling MLS club is one way to look at it. He did not make that postseason, although NYCFC did come close despite having the rock star talent on their team. But yes, Claudio Reyna, you can't discount him. Guy's a brilliant football mind on the pitch. We'll wait to see what he can do in terms of turning Austin around. But he, he had a pretty decent run with NYCFC. I'll give him that. Let me say this, Philly. Here's a stat you might not know about your NYCFC. 2016, 17, 18, 19, NYFC was the Peyton Manning of Major League Soccer. They had more regular season points, which is kind of what LAFC is. Yes, that's true. They had more regular season points over that four-year span than any team in Major League Soccer during those four years. I did so, not know that. Claudio Arania, 
Looks like he can do some stuff. We'll see what happens. Let's see if he can break that first year jinx, the though. Fighting Al rates. We'll see how they Ooh, do. We need FC to make Broccoli. a bet with Al Ray, don't you think? I think it should probably involve Chivas Regal 13 Manchester United edition. But that means that we're all passing on. out early again. But you know what? We slept well for those several hours. <laughs> Speak for yourself. We're going to break into a very quick version of scheduling with the scarf just because. Two minutes I on Austin FC, you. and he's talking about quick now. We got this. We all right. Got so, this. so if two minutes was this long, quick is obviously longer than two minutes. No, shorter. Watch. All right, Scheduling all right. We're over the, the hour scarf. mark. Scheduling <laughs> with the scarf involves the U.S. Open Cup qualifying. We talked about this on our last episode. Yes. But I just want to bring it up real quick. Our first three matches of the season, which is what we're talking about here on Scheduling with the Scarf, are a big deal in terms of U.S. Open Cup qualifying. Let's go over those three matches. We got Open Opening day, excuse me, 4-17, April 17th, at home versus Austin. All right. Our second match of the season. That's going to be a fun one. How about Seattle Sounders coming to the bank? Nico Lodiero might be hurt. We don't know what's going on with Nico Lodiero right now. But on the 24th of April, we got Seattle coming to the bank. And then we get to play the fighting Christian Ramirez is the human <laughs> the highlighters crush. of Houston. The orange crush on April, excuse me, May 1st, because I know my months. Five is May. May 1st, <laughs> we get to play Houston. Those three matches are super important because they're taking the most... <laughs> because the U.S. Open Cup qualifying has the eight highest U.S.-based... MLS teams via points per match for the first three weeks. We're only playing three games. So it'll be however many matches we play divided by how many points that we score in those, or actually how many points we score divided by how many matches. doesn't really matter. Either way, if we are some of the top eight, we qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. If we're not in the top eight of all the U.S.-based MLS teams after three weeks of the Major League Soccer season in terms of points per match, we don't make the Open Cup and we have a little bit of a break between the end of May and the end of June, which would kind of be nice for LAFC to have a break and to be able to focus on MLS Cup and the Supporters' Shield this season. And that is scheduling with the scarf. That was pretty quick. Philly, why don't you fill them in on one last little thing we want to talk about? We're not going to have just one way to see one more sleep. You and I love doing one more sleep on Instagram Live for everybody else, but not one, but two uh, 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 ways that you can watch One More Sleep. Yes, and this is news to me. This season, OMS, One More Sleep, will be both live on Instagram and posted on our YouTube channel. We got the channel out there. We said we'd put up more content. We're going to give you more content because, <laughs> well, we have to. I mean, there's just We're no way to do it. about it. But yes, One More Sleep will come out. It'll probably be done at Toyota Arena, Scarf, because you do know I am calling a championship final in Toyota Arena between the Ontario Fury and the San Diego Soccers. I like it. But it'd be fun to actually do that from Ontario. We could do it at halftime or maybe full-time. We could do it on the turf at Toyota Arena. I'm hoping I can make it out for the first leg of the two-legged Ron Newman Cup final in the MASL, Ontario Fury, and San Diego Soccers. Could be fun. I don't know if going I can make to it, be fun. but we'll see what's going to happen on, on Friday. But either way, Philly is going to be doing his half, at least from Toyota Arena in beautiful Ontario, California. And I'll be doing my half from wherever it is that my cell phone gives me service on. But we will also be uploading one more sleep Woo-hoo! to YouTube, youtube.com backslash Defenders. Of That's so easy, right? That's it's not like WX87095PLH.M2. That's what it was before. 
we got a hundred subscribers, and we thank all of you. Yay! We need we owe them, by the way, some more some more knickknacks. Did we, we tell them we, if we would the, the listeners, the millions and millions out there, if we hit a certain number, that we would do some more. We uh, haven't hit that number yet, but more on that well, how later. Are we? Once we get towards the regular season and we get everything up there, we, yeah, you, we haven't hit. But that but you were right, Philly. We we need more content, so we're we're <laughs> yeah. gonna be putting up more content. Don't worry. Los Angeles is opening again, right? June 15th, we'll have way more Defenders IRL, Defenders in Real Life. One more sleep every single time will be brought onto YouTube, which will be really fun. Philly, a nice compact, what, what do we do here? Hour and 10 yeah, minutes? Yeah, and... honestly, like you, you kind of, this, this, I'm flabbergasted in the sense that this is a preseason episode. I didn't think we would take an actual regular season we did dive it. into this, but I'm impressed with your note taking. You, my friend, are clearly ready for MLS to start. I was the one who was going to slack off and goof off and all that other stuff. And then I saw your seven pages of notes. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't really bring much to the table other than witty banter and, and, and stupid jokes. But hey, you know what? What, what can I say? That's where we do this together, and we, we lean on each other from time to time, and I most certainly leaned on you for all episode 141. Well, you know what, Philly? That's because you're getting ready to call two final matches in the MASL, the Ron Newman Cup final. Good luck to the Ontario Fury. Philly yeah. is the, the one half of the voice of the Ontario Fury. He is play-by-play. Some matches <laughs> I'm a piece color. of the larynx of some, the Ontario Yes, there we go. Fury. Some matches he's color. Some matches he's play-by-play. Some matches he's the beautiful sideline reporter. Yeah, yeah I have done really, that. It's really all over the map there for Philly. But uh, good luck this weekend, my friend. And you guys know how we like to end each one of our episodes. We're bringing this one to an abrupt close because you've listened to us for long enough. The next time you hear our voices, it'll be on one more sleep the night of April 16th on YouTube and live on Instagram at Defenders of the Bank. And this is how we like to end all of our episodes of the most LAFC podcast on Earth. We'll see you back for episode 142. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.